I'm no hero. I paced in my mind. I was out on the pavement, leaning against the lamppost, my hand in the pocket of my jeans, fingering the crispness of the bit of paper I'd hastily stuffed in there. But my mind paced over and over the same questions. Should I hand it over or not? It may not come to anything, but on the other hand, it might. Did I want to go there? Did I want to open that door? It could bring healing for everybody, certainly for me, or it could bring chaos and release old demons that had been painfully packed away. And so I leaned and paced. Finally, I walked myself across the street and into the bar thinking I'd decide inside. But the bell jangled as I pushed open the door and the barman looked up and immediately set up a cheer. Our hero, welcome, welcome, drinks on the house for our hero. People stood up at their tables and applauded and some shook my hand earnestly and thanked me and I almost turned and fled. I'd intended a nondescript in and out, not such a furore. But the young barman was waving his red checked napkin at me and I sidled up feeling I was flying under false colors. He presented me with a virgin mojito before I could even say and I took a strong swallow and boldly pulled out the folded paper and pushed it across before I changed my mind again saying in case he ever comes asking that's my number. I knew this neighborhood and this bar well too well perhaps but I'd not been here in 20 years or more and much had changed. Certainly all the people had changed and I'd changed too. There's no way to put too fine a point on this, so I'll say it plainly. I'm a drunk, an alcoholic, ever only one drink away from falling into that abyss again. And what an abyss it had been. It cost me my life, my wife and my two beautiful children. After I'd driven her to hell and back times without number, my sweet Lindy finally one day lost all hope and more to protect my babies from the monster I'd become than anything else threw me out. The loss of those three was more than I could bear and that's the day I hit rock bottom. But my resolve wasn't as strong as I'd have wished and it took me many trips in and out of rehab and many trips down to the depths of despair until i finally achieved the required stiffness of purpose to say no and to keep saying no it wasn't a journey i'd wish on anyone but one thing i've decided and nothing shall shift me from it it's a one way journey no going back i will not touch the stuff again no matter how insistently it calls and that i never be caught unprepared i regularly visit bars sip my virgin mojito and test my resolve 
the parting from Lindy had been bitter beyond words to express. The kids stood silent in their pajamas with their faces locked, Reggie's arm protectively around his baby sister. Many terrible things were said, and I'd never gone back, though I sent letters of sincere apology as part of the rehab process. I received no response and I decided to leave things there. It was wrong for me to pick at the scabs they'd so carefully developed. And what if they chose to reject me and they'd have been well within their rights? I couldn't bear that either. So I stayed away. It's easy to be lost in a big city if you want to be. We'd lived just a few doors away from here and this bar had been part of my old stamping grounds. And I'd never have come here at all had I not known that they'd moved away a few years ago. So two weeks ago, I dropped in, collected my drink and sat at a table against the wall. The barman immediately recognized me as a recovered drunk. I don't know what message I beam out. They always know. Some decide they shouldn't waste their time on me as I'm unlikely to bring them much profit. And some ply me with every extra freebie they can. This barman was the second kind. On the strength of that one virgin mojito, I got two overflowing bowls of bar snacks. I drank my drink, inhaled the familiar seductive vapors of the bar, passed the test I set myself and was close to leaving when a rambunctious bunch of young men streamed in. They were loud and laughing and backslapping. I watched them appreciatively. Young men should be like that full of the enjoyment of life. One of the boys was tall, much taller than me, but it struck me oddly that he reminded me of my own younger self. I cannot think why I suddenly remembered Reggie standing at McDonald's thinking about what to order with his left arm placed with his wrist upside down on his head as he studied the menu on the wall. And as I watched this tall youngster at the bar, he lifted his left arm and did exactly that. And my own hand froze on my almost empty glass. I couldn't yet see his face, but when I did, whatever smidgen of doubt I was forcing myself to have was gone. Many's the time I've watched Lindy slick back that errant lock of hair, and as soon as it was dry... It would flop down again, as it did now, hanging on his brow. The craving for drink almost staggered me in my chair. I didn't have the spine to face this situation without stiffening. I felt the red-hot fire of desperate longing surge through my body like a living thing. It was hotter than I could ever imagine it, and I almost screamed from the agony of longing. I forced it down with the iron discipline I'd developed for just such an occasion. But I was this close to losing the battle with myself. I'd walked into that bar to test my resolve, as I said, and to dip a toe into the past. Not to confront the son I'd abandoned as a child because I was a raving, uncontrollable, irresponsible drunk. How upright he'd grown up to be. Tall broad-shouldered, evidently popular, had so many friends, not something I could say for myself. Achingly handsome. I'd drag my eyes away and they'd creep back to him. 
he'd been just a little tyke when I left, and he probably didn't remember me. In fact, I prayed he didn't. I didn't want the father I'd been to be remembered. My eyes yo-yoed back and forth off him. The old ice in my glass melted and I took another futile sip. I dared not approach the bar for a refill, but there was no way I was leaving either, I admitted to myself. The boys were all in a clump across the room. They rose and sat and moved about. They chatted and jostled and laughed. And I watched and looked away and watched and looked away. Suddenly, the tone changed. There was evident worry and concern, and they were all looking at Reggie, who was sitting with his back to me. It was all I could do to remain seated as I was. Reggie got to his feet and pushed back his chair, and all his friends were up with him. He lurched, and as I watched, collapsed. There were loud cries, and cell phones were whipped out to call an ambulance. I leapt across the tables and chairs and was standing over him in an instant. His face was mottled with pain and I asked what happened as I checked his pulse. Too low and erratic, breaths too shallow. Someone said over my head that he clutched his chest and upper arm and was in obvious pain before he keeled over. Lindy's father had died young of a cardiac arrest is all I could think of. My own heart was pounding at over 200 beats a minute at that moment too. But training kicked in and even as I asked, I had him on his back. Airway checked and was administering CPR. The friends had called for an ambulance and it was on its way. They could see I knew what I was doing and offered help, but I was never going to surrender my baby boy to an untrained lout. The panic rose in my own chest like a bubbling volcano. This was a small chance to redeem myself in my own eyes and I was taking it. I pressed down on his chest rapidly and rhythmically. I'd done a course in rehab and I'd done it a few times since then, saving lives. I think destiny was preparing me for this awful day. All the events of my life seemed to have inevitably brought me here to be available at the right time with the right skills to save my wronged child. The ambulance arrived and the professionals took over. In seconds, he was stretchered and strapped and ready to be carried out. And I prayed that he be safe. I lingered over him one last long moment as I commanded myself to walk away. With youth and vigor on his side, he'd pull through this. His eyes flickered open and looked straight into mine, peering anxiously into his face. His eyes grew wide with wonder and then shadowed with puzzlement. He breathed raggedly, And just before his eyelids weakly trembled shut again, he whispered, Dad?